I'm Sam Mitchell, and these are my stories. Hi, folks. How are you today? Today, let me first welcome you to Autism Rocks and Rolls. Now, before we begin, I must die not on the rights for the music. Both musics were found on iTunes. I also must know that I'm not a doctor or psychiatrist. If your son or daughter needs to be diagnosed with autism, please see a physician because I only speak on this based on my experiences. Now that we got that out of the way, let's talk about our topic. So today's topic will be about sensory issues because we have some sensory problems and that need to be accomplished and overcome with, but it is really hard for us because we don't like noises. We don't like seeing some stuff. We don't like to hear some stuff. We don't like to smell some stuff and taste some stuff. I mean, it's really bad. I mean, it is a complicated issue that you may not understand, but... Today we're going to get into it, and you're going to, then I'm going to make you understand. <laughs> but anyway, I will make sure that you at least somewhat understand why we struggle with sensory problems. So the definition of sensory issues is when someone or somebody is having a tough time with their senses and maybe does not like something that we like because each autistic person will have a different sensory problem or they will have a different sensory issue that may be simple like to a foot stomp or maybe to someone screaming. And I mean, that's a big one for me. But anyway... That could be an issue. I mean, it will be a complicated problem, like I said, but it will be understanding, and you have to understand that sensory problems will be a part of some with autism, and you just got to get through it and help them out to the best of your ability. I think we have a tough time with this because it might seem like we are being babies, but like I said, we are not, and I promise, 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 and I mean promise you we are not. Just like everyone else, we have all sorts of things that we do not like to touch, hear, see, smell or taste even i mean we don't like some stuff that you guys don't like but it's for us it's just worse than you guys so understand that we have sensory problems it's not gonna go away i apologize i mean i have some sensory issues not as much as i used to be but i still have them and we work around them but it will still be there every once in a while so the best advice for you parents is just understand it and help them out and do what you can to give them access to some resources now the way we're going to get into this and how we're going to do this episode is we're going to go into each sensory thing and how we each feel about it. So A or the first one will be touch. Touch is when you can feel an object because when you when you feel it and you put your hand on it, you are l- touching it no matter what it is from a simple to an ankle to a chair to a board sign even or a board. I mean, you touch it. If you put your hands on it, you're automatically touching it. That's a verb. You're touching it, period, regardless. Now, what I like when people touch, or what I like to touch is, what I like is pat on the shoulder. And what I mean by this is if we're just doing this, sorry, Mike, but. And that's a form of touch. I mean, that is a pat on the shoulder, and that's what we feel. And that was a better demonstration. But anyway, that's how we feel. I mean, we like to be pat on the shoulder. We like physical contact because it makes us feel good, or for me, at least makes us feel good, and at least makes the world feel a better place. Another thing we like to for people to touch or what we feel like is head rubs or back scratches because we love head rubs i mean they feel good i mean for us they feel good and it relaxes us and back scratches when some itches we feel like it needs to be scratched and it's a sensory problem because we don't like bug bites but in a way we like someone to scratch it because it just gets the pain away and it makes us feel good and relaxed and so calm that we don't even know what's going on anymore something else that we like to touch or people like to touch too is baby skin because the skin of a baby feels soft. It feels like you just want to lay on a baby and the baby could be a pillow. Now, we know we can't do that, obviously, because we crush the baby and you would die. But anyway, that's what it feels like because baby skin is so soft and it's so cuddly and so nice and just feels, ah, it relaxes us because we know that it's so soft and we like soft, but we know that some light life is hard, but when we touch a baby, it feels soft and we don't even know it's like we said earlier, nothing's going on, but... At the same time, with that baby skin, if you touch the wrong part, don't expect the baby to be happy about it because it has its own boundaries too because it likes it because it's a baby and it's knowing the world. But we like to touch the skin because of all the warmness, the softness, and how nice it feels and just because of the pillow feeling. And with the baby skin, the, the baby may enjoy you touching it because it's trying to learn touch as well. So it's kind of a win-win for both of you because... The baby is learning, like, what to do, how the world operates, just seeing, like, that's a door, cool. But they're learning the world, and they need to learn touch. So maybe you actually touching their skin may help them to understand, oh, this is touching, cool. So if you touch it, it may help the baby understand touch and when and when not to do the touchy feeling as well. Another thing we like to touch is dogs, because I'm a big dog person or 
or your pet too, I guess, because I'm a, but anyway, for me, it's specifically dogs because I'm a big dog person and the fur of a dog just feels nice. And honestly, dogs to me are the best pets alive because they get you more than any others, but we'll get into that in a future episode. But anyway, I think dogs fur feels comfortable or a pet's skin feels comfortable because you feel contacted to them. You feel connected with them. You feel loyal and established to your pet because so obviously they're going to become your family. So just like touching your parents' skin, their skin will probably feel comfortable or their fur will feel comfortable because you know you are symptomatically connected to each other and understand that we are a family. And yes, you got things. We are family. I got all my sisters in me. But anyway, we all feel comfortable with each other and your pet will become your family and you will touch that fur and skin to relax and ease up a bit. And also dogs will probably want to touch you because I read a line that they paw you and that means they're saying, I love you, my owner. So, I mean, they're touching you as well. So in a way, it's another win-win because the touching is bringing you guys symptomatically together and you're touching each other's paws and you don't wash it off because even though you're washing your hands and taking showers, the aura will be on you and you will not leave you and will be a part of you for a while, at least till it's death or till you move on from the death, I guess is the way to put it. Also, even though dogs and other pets do also care, they also care about others. So they, they will probably touch others too and they'll probably maybe become symptomatic together. So either way, it's another triple win-win-win really because everyone's happy, everyone cares, and everyone's living the good life and the animals are living the best life of their ability and living the best time of their darn owner and the, they're living and they know they have a good family upon them. Another thing that I like to touch is this beautiful soundboard because I'll be honest with you, I have a soundboard and making some noise like... And I mean making those type of noises, it makes me happy because it truly does because I know I'm doing my job and I'm considering doing this for a living, just FYI which I'll probably do another episode on the future about. But anyway, I'm really considering doing this because I know, and this is training. So yes, as a teenager and as a half adult, because I'm 18 now, I am very happy about this broadcaster because I know I'm transforming to an adult and know that this might be my job and I will probably enjoy touching it even more when I'm making more podcasts or making more things with this soundboard of mine and making some awesome, awesome, and I mean awesome products. Another thing that I think I at least like to touch or teens with autism would probably like to touch is a computer because the sounds of just typing and writing and the sound of going dong, 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 I mean, that just sounds awesome to me because honestly, I mean, computers have made our lives easier. I mean, they really have. And we probably like to touch them so much that we could do something amazing with a computer and just live life with it and just make sure that's probably one of the most viable assets in our house. However, you got to be careful with the computer because it's so fragile and screeny that you must keep it so good, make it clean, and make it so cool that it works all the time. You may never have to call an internet person or a person or the computer dude or a computer woman. Another thing we like to touch, or at least I like to touch, is paper because the sound of writing, typing, or just even doing, pulling up like... That noise, it makes me feel good because at least it's a noise and I know that it's paper. And I mean, just avoiding paper cuts, that's my only condition because they are a pain in the butt to handle or a pain or a paper in the butt. <laughs> Sorry, bad pun. But anyway, I mean, it's a paper. I mean, I love to write and just think. And paper is so good to this world because it it's made out of logs and that's kind of fascinating in my eyes. But that's what you use to write with. That's what you use to build paper airplanes, even though it's not the most productive thing to do in the world but paper is used for so many things that eventually i've learned to appreciate the paper life and honestly paper feels good and paper is really good and a fun word to say so we gotta do a rap little rap here paper but paper like i said it's good it feels nice just avoid the paper cuts and i think you will learn that paper is Awesome, and the greatest, probably one of the greatest centuries from the 21st decade. Something else that we like to touch is cell phones, because with this generation, how it's becoming, probably from a teen's most perspective and valuable possession is a cell phone. And I mean, granted, I don't use it all the time, but I love to touch it. I mean, I love to push the buttons, play the games, and to make it feel like, all right, this is my handprint on it. So, I mean, we have our own autistic special handprint. 
So, I mean, the handprint that we have on it, I mean, no one else, it's not going there. It's ored in there. So, to make it feel that it's ored, it's awesome. And the cell phone is knowing that's us and just playing the games. We enjoy that. I mean, it's a good thing to do on your leisure time. So, I would recommend any team to get a phone. So, at least they can at least just feel the touch of it. The final thing we like to touch, and most autistic people probably do like to touch, is people. Alright, here's the deal. Like I said... I am the touchy person, and even though sometimes people are dumb in my eyes, and I'm not saying you you viewers are dumb, and I would never say that about y'all, but I think just some people are, like we said, there are idiotic people in this world. It's inevitable that I'm going to say that, and sorry, but I have to. But anyway, we are a people toucher. I mean, some may not be people person, or I am somewhat of a people person, but we do like to touch them and just make them feel happy, comfortable, and know that they're safe around me no matter what, regardless of what happens between us two. And honestly, this is my advice. Even though you may not be a people person or a touchier, you might want to learn how to do it because you're going to have to touch people in the world. I mean, that's unavoidable. I mean, you got to shake hands. You got to be nice to people and you're still willing not to touch them. I mean, you still have to give them high fives in the world. You still have to be touch pens, touch your hand, I mean, you you better become a touchy person. Otherwise, I don't know how you're going to make it in this world. I mean, some people do, but I don't see how because I don't understand how they can't live in the world without doing a handshake or simply just flipping their toenails or fingernails and or simply at least just flexing and grabbing their muscles. Now, like I said, even though we like touching certain things, there are some things that we do not like people touching or what I do not like to touch. One of those things would be acne. All right, here's the deal. I have a humongous acne issue. I'll admit it. But here's the deal. I don't like people popping my pimples. I don't like Dr. Pimple Popper because she's touching my face. All right, here's the deal. I'm a big face toucher, but leave, leave my access or my acne on my face alone because it's my face. It's my accessory or my unfortunate accessory. So just leave it alone. Don't pop them. Let me handle my own face. You worry about your face, I'll worry about my face. Something else I don't like people touching is something that's valuable to me. Now, what is valuable to me would be case is my cell phone or my wallet. Okay, here's the deal. I don't like people touching them because I'm scared it's going to get lost. They're going to do something mean. They're going to be a thief. And I mean, it's because of me. It's all me. I'll be honest. It's not you guys at all. It's me because I have trust issues. I'll admit it. I don't trust someone with something valuable 100%. I mean, that's why I'm like, all right, here's the deal. You give it back. You, you good, but I'm staying right here when you mess with it. And they're like, okay. So at least I know that. And why I do that is because I know that I'm there and if something goes tragically wrong by chance, I can solve it and take care of the problem. Now, if you do not like being touched and are not the touchiest person alive or have hapophobia, which means fear of touching, then you might have some struggles other than not just being, not being able to do a handshake or touching your own thumb or handle and stuff. Some other struggles you might have is you shudder too much when you're like, yee, or, because honestly when you shudder that's giving me proof that okay you're not a touchy person all right that's annoying i mean shuddering is an annoying ordeal i think and when you shudder it just gives you more fear and more and holds you back and you will never be able to touch someone if you keep shuddering so just try to touch them once and don't shudder and i think you'll be okay i mean at least give it a 10 if you have to shudder when you touch then be my guest but if you just try touching without shuddering i bet you'll do a-okay Something else that's accused, you're not the biggest fan of PDA. And PDA is when you're going, <coughs> yum, or, mm-hmm, or those type of noises. And that grosses you out. And I mean, granted, I'm not, I'm not like over love PDA or hate PDA, but I'm in the middle of PDA. And I think PDA is necessary, to be honest, because we all need to feel affection and love and emotions. So to me, when you feel like that, I don't feel like you have any emotions and you're hiding your you are living in fear right now. So PDA, it's you need to just get over that because here's the deal. I'm sorry, but it's inevitable. PDA is going to be in this world. I mean, we made human emotions for a reason. We made love for a reason. So if you're not a fan of PDA, you might as well just cover your ears or not even recognize it because PDA is going to happen in this world, period, whether you like it or not. So if you don't like PDA, you better just get used to it, man. I mean, I'm sorry, but PDA will be in this world until you're death or until the world is over another thing that could happen is you could become a germaphobe or may de- even develop ocd because of obs- you may develop obsessive compulsive disorder where you just can't like help i mean you're a germaphobe you're scared of everything you're hiding you're washing your hands too much i mean your hands are damp and wet so that could happen or you become a germaphobe you don't want to live that i mean 
Granted, there's some germs that are nasty, but you have to deal with it. I mean, germs are going to be everywhere, and it is an illness, but it's an illness that we have to get over because it's the part of life. Germs are a part of life, unfortunately. So germs have to just be a part of it, and you have to get over that because, honestly, like I said, germs, I guess is the way to put it. So if you're a germ you're going to have to get over that, like do something more. And there are other solutions, which I'll mention later, but germs are germs, and just got to get over it. And I just don't want you to develop OCD. I mean, I truly care, so... Please just get over the germs and don't develop OCD. That's my only condition. I think you'll be A-okay and you'll do awesome and you'll make in this world regardless with or without germaphobe or with or without OCD. If, I also think if you have trouble with this, I think you may either have a former relationship or you are single because if it's a former relationship, you're like, come here, robot. I love you. John Cena, I love you. Or... Mike, I love you, or give me a hug, bop, 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 or let's high five, boop, 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 I'm robot, see you later, I love you. I mean, that's what I think when you are a germaphobe, because it's formal, you don't hug, you're just conservative, and you don't live a good life, and you're boring. So, I mean, that's my opinion. Or, you are single, and because of that one particular reason, I mean, and that's hard, because you probably want a relationship, you want that relationship, probably, but... You're too scared to touch, so you're going to be single, and that's no way to live. That's no way to live life, man. So you got to get over that hump of PDA and that hump of over living that formal relationship because you're not going to get a girlfriend, or you're not going to have a significant other, and you're not going to be yet truly happy. Now, if you are happy with being single and you're a germaphobe, hey, then fine by me, but I don't see how you could be, and that's just my honest opinion. But if you want a relationship, you're going to have to get over that, bop, 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 bop. And you got to get over just bop bop and become a wonderful, caring, touchy husband or wife. Now, I just want to say, if you can't stop what you touch, then you're just stop touching. But if you're not a touchy person, then you got to do something. Then the solution for me would be a bigger one. It would be to either get gloves because honestly, gloves will protect you. They won't, they'll get on the gloves instead of you. So I think you should just get gloves and get some Lysol or a cleaning product and just spray every five seconds if that makes you feel more comfortable. Now, you probably wonder, how does hearing really do connect to me? Well, here's the story. I am the probably the most touchiest person in the world and have no boundaries. Like, and I do, like, you could put my hand over my nose and for a whole hour and I don't care. But some people are not like that and we must find those boundaries because some people and some of my friends are not touchy people. And granted, I think I'm getting them to come out of their shell a little bit, but... They're not still touchy. I mean, they're not the type of person who's like, put the hand over their nose, you don't care. They're more of like the hug, that's it, get away, boom, push off. But, and that's not me. I mean, I never lived that lifestyle. But we got to find those boundaries and find a compromise to where you can touch them, but also respect their boundaries. And believe me, it's a tough compromise. But with a conversation and with, and the appropriate time frame, I bet you can do it and you will find that perfect boundary and you and your friend or your family will live happily ever after. Now we did all of hearing, so let's give us a, a one, one clap. All right, so now we did that. We're going to move on to the second one. So now we are on to sight. So sight is what you recognize with your eyes and what you see now. Now we know with touch is what you physically do, but seeing, you can't look at it. It's like you can look, but you can't touch. I mean, that really does represent, because we love to touch it, but we just can't look at it. I mean, we can't. Touch it, touch it, we gotta look at it. We can't touch everything in the world. I mean, we can't touch a problem in the world. I mean, we can't touch that physically, but we can see it and touch it mentally. So, science is what you see physically and mentally and how you compromise it. And what others like to see or what others might like to see, I really think it honestly just depends on your beliefs and interests because everyone's different in some way. Everyone has a different belief in life. Everyone has their own interest in life. Everyone has their own favorite thing to do, their own favorite food, their own favorite movie. I mean... There's so many differences that each person has. I mean, similarities do bring us together and make us unite, but some also, we have also different beliefs and how they are seen and viewed. I mean, they're all different. So, I mean, for example, I love to see a sausage pepperoni pizza, but here's person B who loves the Hawaiian pineapple ham pizza. I mean, that's a little difference, but there are big differences. Like from politics, religion, I mean, there are so many differences in this world. And it all what we love to see will depend on our beliefs and interests. I mean, if you're just some lazy person who doesn't like anything, then I don't know what would be your happy person. I guess a bed. But what we love and see all depends on how we develop it from our early age to our adulthood as well. I mean, our 
what we like to see changes as time goes on. I mean, we evolve and we also change maturely and sometimes emotionally. I mean, we really do. So our scene will each depend on the age and our time frame and how we view the world and how each person will become happy and sad. Now, however, there are some personal things and things I don't think other people like to see. One thing would be making fun of a disability, and this is a big one for me. I mean, I don't like people saying, oh, you're a weirdo, idiot, dummy, you're dumb, you're stupid. I mean, you're making fun of me doing these really mean actions and all these other really mean words and all these really mean choices that they're making, and I don't like to see that. I don't like to see someone with making fun of a disability suffering or being made fun of because of something they can't help, and that is rude, and you know, for the police who ever bullied a disability, you were wrong to do it because if you saw that, you would see the, if you looked on the other side, you'd see the awesome abilities that we have that you will never have in your life. So let's put it that way. And if you want to make fun of us, go ahead, but you're making the wrong decision and you're wasting your time because you're not going to change me or anyone else. I mean, so you're just practically wasting your time by making fun of someone with something that they can't help. Now, even if your friend and you're just joking with them because with this, you got to be careful too because here's the deal. I have awful humor. I'll admit it. So... I will make fun of someone's disability kiddingly, but not like to the point of like, oh, you're, oh, you know, like you're so dumb that you can't even, you can't even pass a math test or with someone who has dyscalculia. I mean, that's crossing the line. But I mean, I make fun of like, oh, haha, like you missed the wrong thing. Like three minus two is an X, you know, like that's fine. I mean, I see that as just a-okay, but you got to be careful with it because you don't want to hurt the person's feelings. And, you know, they may be sensory or sensitive to it because because they have their own sensories about, man, I really don't like suck at math. I wish it could be good, but I just cannot. I mean, so be careful with that because you may, they may interpret it the wrong way and they may take it too seriously or they may take it the wrong way keenly too. So, and that'd be a weird situation. But anyway, you got to be careful and just know that, know, know your strength and know their weakness. Let's put it that way. So really my only solution with that one is know your strength and know their strengths. And another one that I don't see is arrogance. Now, I'm a little leaning on this one because here's your, I'm going to admit something. I get ready for it to miss, but dun, 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 I'm arrogant a little bit, but it's a little different type of arrogance. See, I call it mean arrogance and happy arrogance. Mean arrogance means like you're mean to people. You let them down. You drop them down. You drop them. You step on their head. You you look down upon them. And when they're really not, when you're just being the, the idiot and looking at me like, oh, God, ew. And just seeing self that you're better than everyone and living your life and you're so kind that you don't know what's valuable anymore. But I also think that there's another type of arrogance. I call it happy arrogance, you know, because here's the deal. If you see, because of the friendship story, which if you need to learn about that, see 104, making friends again, that girl. But when it comes to that freshman year, you know, I told you I was in a bad place. I mean, I was not in the best headspace alive, but then I learned something, you know, I hate to tell you this guys, but this world sucks sometimes. Honestly, this world is a, even though it's, it's not all sunshine in this world. It's not all roses and dandies. It's sometimes dark, violent, and dead in this world. So you had, I learned that something, you had to beat the world mentally. I beated the world mentally because, you know, I don't let anything bother me anymore. You know, there's some stuff that do grant it and I'll talk about it. And I'm not going to afraid to speak my mind about it, but I learned how to beat the world mentally because every day I'd be like, oh, I just don't want to go. I don't want to go. I just want to lay in bed today. I just don't want to be up, you know. I'm not saying I wanted to die, but I just wanted to, you know, just not be up that day. And I just didn't want to go anywhere because I just thought people are going to look at me weird. I don't like this. I'm scared. I'm nervous. And some of that, believe it, has stuck with me to this day. I mean, the truth is I'm still working on my social anxiety. But the problem is I had to become, I learned I had to become happy arrogant, which means I had to not live in a fantasy where I didn't have a bad day. But I had to not care what people thought of me. I had to learn to live and just push those downers to the side. And believe me, it's worked. I mean, look at me. I'm doing a podcast. And believe me, I have the confidence of Superman right now and still do. But if you beat the world mentally, you will feel happier and not care what people think of you. Even though it's hard and may cause some issues, it's worth it because I don't. And yes, I live a good life and we cause some issues, but I live a good life still. So... Even though being the world mentally is hard, you can do it. Believe me, I've done it. So my relationship to the arrogance, but be careful and don't hurt anyone with happy arrogance and mean arrogance because I don't want anyone to be mean arrogance. I want you to become a happy, arrogant person and not live in the mean, arrogant world, but the happy, arrogant world. And something else we don't like to see also is 
too gory some things are psychological torture because you mess with me mentally, I mean, it's not a good time to mess with me mentally and it's never a good time to because I don't, you lose respect and you don't make me cry, but you just make me mad and want, and honestly don't make me want to hurt you, but maybe want to confront you verbally. So it's not a good time to mess with me psychologically ever or too gory some things. And I mean, like, I'm not saying like blood popping out of your veins. That doesn't bother me. I mean, it does my mom, but it doesn't bother me. I mean, like, like your head getting chopped off or just something brutal or something like where you'll live like something painfully, but you're going to live through it. Like, this is an awful example, and I know, and I apologize for this one, but I can't think of a better one. When a slave got whipped, I mean, granted, he he didn't die from it, but I knew he was going to be back scars, like permanent back scars, and that really bothered me because I don't want to have back scars on my back from doing something wrong. I mean, I don't want to be spanked, and that's what bothered me too is spankings because I don't believe that can permanently damage your kid because even with autism, even worse, because you left them a mark for the day, and I mean, granted, it's a little mark, but we'd rather... We'd rather you spank us to death than spank us alive and leave us a mark. Let's put it that way. So, to be honest with you, if you want to mess with us psychologically, fine. But we're not going to, we're going to ignore it and not even pay attention to you. And gory something, you do something gory something like spanking or throwing us in the creek, fine. But we're going to just, we're not going to pay attention to it. And we aren't going to cry, but we're going to defend ourselves and fight back. I mean, I know I shouldn't be mentioning it, but it's true. I mean, we will fight back. Or we will mess with you back a little bit if you want to mess with us psychologically because we can also play mind games too. And I mean, I'm not trying to like start a fight or anything, but it's never a good time to mess with us psychologically because we don't, we won't know how to take it and we will have to defend ourselves mentally and be so hard that we don't want to hurt anyone, but we will have to bring our angry side because we don't want to fight you, but we will if we have to and defend ourselves and use our self-defense terms that we use in Taekwondo or in the world. And that one is over. And when that leads me to my next thing, which will, another thing I don't like to see is racism or sexism because everyone should be treated equally. They shouldn't, no one should have to deal with any when we're all equal, no matter the skin color. And I was taught to be, taught to be respected regardless of race, religion, color, ethnic, gender. I was taught that way. And I'm proud to be taught that way. And I don't like sexism because no one is different. No girl is different than a boy. No boy is different than a girl. We're not living in the 1950s. Why are you living in a 1950s world still? I don't get that, man. But we don't like to see it because everyone's equal. No one should be treated unfair. And we need to show respect to everyone regardless of those things. And if you don't, then why are you living? Just ignore them. And if you want to be mean to them, waste your time and be an idiot. I mean, that's your choice. But it's not the right thing to do. So why don't you just respect them and let them be and just let them live life just like you're living life. And you don't have to like them or you just got to respect them. You may not have to like or respect them, but it shouldn't be because of their color. It should be for a different reason or because they're just being mean. I mean, it should not be, though, because of the color of their skin or because they're a woman. No, don't let that be the front reason why you're being being mean to them or it needs to be for a different reason. And I'm not saying treat every person with respect or every women with respect, but they're going to be mean because for that reason, no, 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 no. I will not tolerate it. The rule will not tolerate it. You should go to jail for it. But if you want to do it because for a different reason, because they're just being mean, then that's a whole new ball game. But don't do it because of the color or because they're just simply a woman or a man or you're living in the 1950s delusional world. Another thing that doesn't we don't like is texting and driving because I don't like it because you're going to kill someone. I mean, is it worth getting on your phone to kill someone, probably, or taking a chance? Answer, no, it is not, because you can wait for that phone call. The phone call can wait. The text can wait. Focus on the road so you don't kill anyone, or you can see your friend you're texting again. So please, 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 please don't kill anyone with a cell phone or because of your idiotic decision to text and drive, even though it's illegal. So be smart. Be safe on the road. And have fun on the road, but be smart and safe and make sure everyone's safe and sound. And just understand that no texting driver should be allowed. Teach your children that. And I think we'll be good to go. And you might become the perfect driver because of you are less distracted of your phone. The final thing we don't like to see is, or people don't like to see, is needles. Because the thought of like a shot going in your body or in your veins, that's not a good feeling. And here's, I'm not a needle I'm not like a fan of needles, but I don't like hate them. I'm like, meh, poke it in there. Let's go. Get it done. All right. See you later. Bye. 
I mean, that's my assumption. I mean, I don't think because something's going to buy now. If it was going like full on stuck in there, then we got a whole new ballgame. But it's just in there temporary. And it's part of medical stuff, and I get it. So we have to do it in this world. But I mean, if you aren't a fan of needles, then I don't know what to tell you because you got to get a needle. So I guess my only solution is have your parents hold you down because you don't want to fight, you don't want to kick anyone, you don't want to hurt anyone. You don't want to harm anyone. Needles, you'll have to get them. I mean, you'll have to get shots for your health. And even though it may not be good at the moment, it may feel right in the end. So at least, you know, you might be able to live a longer lifespan and not live till you're 20 because you didn't get a shot. So I would recommend having your parents hold you down or just get over the needle fear because it's it's part of life. It's beneficial to your health and you need, to make, you need it so you can save your own life and not kill anyone because... You don't get that needle. You're not going to live a good life. So get that shot and for your own beneficial to make sure that you're living the happiest life among others. Now, the story for this one with me is a bad habit that I see is when I see a hole in my shirt, I just want to be Hulk Hogan and rip it apart. And it's not that I'm trying to be an idiot and rip it like Hulk Hogan. No, 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 no. It's the fact that it's annoying and the clothes, it's just out of its misery. I mean, it's old, it's ruckety. So let's just put it out of its misery and just rip it apart. That way we don't have to wear anymore because I don't like shirts holes. I mean, I think it's old. You look like a slob. And I'm not a big personal appearance, but that's the first way to be like, oh, okay, yeah, you're not suited for this job. You should have worn a different shirt. You should have just ripped it apart and just put on a new one. So, I mean, yeah, you may be wasting money and burning $20 like they say, but I don't see it that way. I see it as the shirt's out of its misery. Let's just get rid of it. It's going to rip bigger eventually, and it's going to be not good pleasant feeling so let's just get rid of it get a new shirt easy breezy no worries lickety splickety so that's why i do it. it's not to be hulk hogan but to make my life easier and see that i can just go buy an even better and newer shirt that probably will rip again but at least it's new and ain't ripping at the moment but now also i don't like my clothes wet or my shirt wet because it doesn't feel good because honestly it has this pinchy cringy feeling that isn't tolerable that I don't understand how people can even tolerate it because it's so pinchy feeling that it's not even worth dealing with your time. So my solution is don't wear wet clothes or a wet shirt because it's not worth your time and you don't even want to tolerate your shirt being wet because it's not worth it. It's not worth the feeling and it's definitely not worth tolerating because of the feeling and and your shirt's wet. Would you rather be in dry clothes or wet clothes? I mean, I'd rather be in dry clothes, but if you want to be in wet, fine, but just feel that pinchy feeling because it's not going to change. So... I would just be in dry clothes so you feel comfortable and not have that pinchy, cringy feeling ever again, or at least in the moment or for at least five minutes. But however, sometimes when they have their scene senses messed up really bad due to many situations on my list here in a minute, it might even lead to some psychological disorders such as OCD or PTSD. Some examples of situations would be a bad home life because honestly, if you see something bad, because unfortunately, not everyone lives a happy fairy tale life. I mean, there are some people who live a dark, deep life who are just not in a good home situation and they can't do anything about it. So even though that the bad home may like leave you some permanent, you can still change it. Go to counseling, get out of there, get out of that home. Now you may not be able to, but it might lead to some psychological disorders or OCD or PTSD. But if you can get out of that home, you'll be fine. And you could probably move into somewhere else because at least there'll probably be some family members that do at least one that will care about you. So Get out of that home and go away when you're older. I mean, granted, it's hard when you're younger, but there are people who will protect you, I promise you. But when you're older, you can make your own decisions and get out of there. Get out of that home so you can live your life and never have to go back to your trauma again and, and know that you will naturally live the experience of beaten up or getting abused, abusive by family or living in that bad home again. The next one I could see bothering us is war, especially if you're a veteran. Now, before I begin, I just want to say if you're a veteran, thank you for your service and God bless you and God bless America. But anyway, back to the topic here. War can lead you. I mean, war is necessary sometimes and going to the military is necessary to keep us safe and we applaud you for it. But I wouldn't be able to do it because it would lead me to some psychological disorders. The stuff I'd see, it would come back to haunt me in the butt and I would never be able to live myself for the killings, the bleeding, the seeing my friends die. I would never be able to do that because I know myself well enough. And veterans, believe me, they don't get enough credit sometimes because they go through a lot and they don't get some help sometimes. And they need some help because they served our country. They protected you. And now you're going to betray them? Come on, man. So please, war isn't necessary. I'd rather you go peace, but I know there are some countries who won't accept that and war is necessary. So 
war can lead to some psychological disorders, but the way to do it is be the best veteran and just you got if you can take out of your mind, take out of your mind and never even know that that trauma or that person or that bad memory of yours existed. And something else that can is a death of a family member because unfortunately death is inevitable and time will come. My time will come. Maybe sooner than later, maybe later than sooner, I don't know. But my time will come. Alright, but here's the deal. Death of a family member, it hurts you. It really does because they are your flesh and blood. They are your soulmates with you. And you wonder though, what do they think of you? And I would always, me, I have questions like, okay, what's the deal? How are they going to handle it? What do they think of me? How did I do it? Did I make them proud? I mean, I always have questions, but I've learned this. I always think of the times I did have with them, and I always think of who still lives with me. I mean, it's going to be hard when I don't have anyone, granted, but I still think who has my back still? Who has my back still? Who loves me still? Who's not dead? Because here's the deal. I know it's hard to say. I'm not saying, like, move on. It's one death, idiots. Move on. No, 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 no. Here's the deal. Think about this. How much people died? One. One death. All right, here's the deal. How much people are still living right now? Um, let's think, 22 that love you still and truly care. All right, I want maybe instead of focus on that bath, focus on those 22 good instead of that one death. Instead of the death, focus on the times you had with them and the stories you love with them and make sure that they're still al alive with you spiritually and mentally. Which leads, to, which leads me to my next topic because this could lead to a death is a car accident or car accidents because... It's scary. I mean, a car accident is scary. Driving is scary sometimes. Even for me, I'm scared to drive still. But car accidents, it's true. It's scary a little bit because when you get in a car accident, you're the one in the the thing that could cause you the death and the one flipping item, and your my your life is in that your life is in that car's faith or your brain and your determination. So as scary as it is, you'll be okay. I mean, car accidents will happen. I mean, it's gonna happen with me. I bet one day, but you'll be okay. I mean, there will be hospitals. Medics, cops, everyone will make sure you are a-okay, or at least you can get services that will make you a-okay, and you will be fine. If you have a car accident, insurance will handle you, hopefully. You'll be covered, and you will be a-okay, and you will make sure that you, your life may change a little bit, but you will still live and not die, possibly. And hopefully, you'll make it alive and never, never, ever, ever have to deal with a car accident or never die in your own, in a on the road in a ditch or by a vehicle. The next one that we don't like to see is a serious illness because illnesses like cancer, asthma, Alzheimer's, I mean, it happens. And we hate seeing that. I mean, it's a serious illness or dementia even. That's a serious illness. We don't want to see that. I mean, I can't bear to see someone forgetting everything or about to die soon or be in pain. You know, I can't see that. It hurts me. And to be honest with you, this sounds awful, but it's true. I'd rather see them if they're having this cancer or this health issue dead than alive because I can't see any of them suffer in pain because they're just I want to put them out of their misery because I don't want to see it I don't want to see them hurting anymore if dying is better for you then we'll let's let you die instead of live because if that's what we have to do to make you happy then that's what we got to do I mean it's life and it's hard but I'll do it but that's because it's I mean it is I mean illnesses do happen but maybe they'll be okay maybe they'll get leukemia or some medical treatment so maybe don't shut the door and be like you're dead but no but just give them some time before you make them feel okay or just don't see them until you know they're a-okay and they're going on the right path and going on the right road to recovery. Another one could be natural disasters that happen in the air because here's the deal. Mother Nature is not the nicest person sometimes and natural disasters are going to happen sometimes in our lives. And it depends on where you live. Hurricanes, tornadoes, earthquakes, fires, I mean, blizzards. I mean, they happen. I mean, it's inevitable that it will happen one day. So here's my message. Be prepared for it and know it might come one day because be not be on your like full like walk on eggshells ordeal, but and not tiptoe on pins and needles, but just know it's coming and just be ready for it. And I think you'll be okay and you'll make it through your natural disaster that you're having and know that it will be okay and make sure that you are prepared physically and mentally and emotionally so you don't have to witness and you know that it happened People are dead. Oh, well, we got to do this and just rebuild and reclaim our lives. So, and rebuild ourselves even. So we have to just rebuild ourselves and move along and just live like it never happened. And, and, and that leads me to the another one, which is actually something that can that's going to happen or could never happen or possibly happen is moving. Because 
And I don't mean the moving where we're going to sing, I like to move it, move it. I like to move it, move it. No, 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 no. I don't mean that one. I mean moving where you move to another house or a new location. Because here's the deal. What we feel like or an autistic person feels like is we've known a house for six years. That's all we know. We know the home, the animals, the patio. We remember the pond or the pool or we just remember our accessories. Now you're going to wrap, rip that away from us and move us to a new location where we don't even know and know that, oh, man, we, did we do something wrong? We, why are we moving? What, what happened? And that's hard because, honestly, moving is hard. I mean, moving to a new location or moving constantly, you're, it's hard and unacceptable that people have to go through that because they'll never know what, what it's like to live fully or not, not fully, but maybe live in a place for a good long while because they'll never know that they had a house or they never knew about it and they'll just completely forget about it and wipe it from their memory and never know that it happened. But if you have to move, I'd say embrace it a little bit because you may get this new awesome place. I mean, if I never moved, I would never gotten this studio because because I moved. So embrace the movement and embrace the fact that you're getting a new place and maybe even a little better if you look at the positives instead of all these negatives and the fact that and ignore the fact that you might be losing your home that you once loved. And honestly, again, speaking of once loved, that leads me to my next topic, which will be the, another thing that could lead us to PTSD or OCD is divorce because we think it's us. We think we did the wrong thing when it's just them understanding that, no, it's parents. They can't get along. It's better for the child. No, 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 no. It's not your fault. It's just us. We got to do this. It's a light decision. And believe me, it's a hard one because now you're moving from one separate houses. You're getting two Christmases. You can't, you can't have a family again. You have a mom and a dad still, but you don't have like a full fledged family or united family together so and that's hard to understand because now you just know him as mom or dad you don't know him as like family mom family member and family member you don't you don't know that anymore so you have to and i think you have to and this is hard but i mean there are positives to get divorced you're getting you're going to get along better with family you'll get to know the parent more personally you'll have two dinners and believe me food is food you'll have two christmases and you know that sounds awesome and you know it's not it's not really, but it's still kind of awesome because you get double the presents, man. I mean, you don't get that. You're spoiled. You're loved still. And they'll still love you. They just may not love each other. And if you want to, they have to get along, though, if you're going to get divorced. And if they don't, you're just going to have to deal with it and, unfortunately, not argue, but maybe even take a side when you're older and step up and say, I'm living with this person. See you later. Bye-bye. And wipe them, wipe the other if they're idiots or whatever, and like them, that they were never your family member to begin with. Which also actually leads me to my next one, which is parents' abandonment. All right. First of all, I don't get why, parents. Why abandon your child? That is the, your most valued, loved possession. And I never understood that. But why, 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 Because you loved them. You gave birth to them. No, it's never right to abandon them. So if you want to, that's fine. But you're the losers. You're making the wrong choice. You never do that. You don't give your child to your grandparents for them to raise. They're old. They're feeble. They don't have the time. It's your job to care them. You made the decision. You're not, you live with it now. You don't you don't just kick them to the curb and say, nope, we're not raising you anymore. Bye bye, and don't say you're an idiot. Screw you. You don't say that. No 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 no. You raise your child. You you made the boat. You made your bed. Now you lay in it. You raise that child and you enjoy him. You make sure you're a good mom and a father before you. Raise that child and decide never to abandon him. You do that. It's right. You're the losers. Sorry. Get over it. Now, if that does happen, maybe there's a... But maybe I'm wrong, though, at the same time. Maybe there's a logical reason. Maybe I'm wrong, like I said. But for the kids, if you do and you know you're in the wrong, it's okay. It was never your fault. But if you're in the wrong, don't live with it. Move on and know that you ha you will find a different type of family. It may not be a biological family, but it might be a surrogate family that you can consider family and you can love and focus on that instead of the ne the negotiation from your parents or the neglection from your parents. And the and the next one will be probably, or something else that could, is seeing anyone die. Because here's the deal. I don't want to see a death. I never want to see a death and watch it eye to eye, you know, eyes to eyes. I mean, that would bother me tremendously. And that's going to leave me some anxiety because I just saw someone die. That makes me think that's going to be me one day. And sadly, that happens. People do see each other die. But the best idea for me is know that it's not you yet. It's It will not be you for a while. And just focus on your life and not 
the fact that you're going to die in in a while. Now, I know when you get older, it's trickier, but know that you still have some time left before he did. So just live it and get him or the death out of your memory and never know that you're not dead yet. And just think, and sadly think this, at least it wasn't you. And, and always think that even though you could feel some sympathy for him, also feel sympathy for yourself and know that it was not you. The next thing that could probably lead us to some PTSD or OCD is prison. And we know we go to prison for some reason. I know we broke the law. But I think pri- the prison system sometimes is a little too harsh. I mean, yeah, I mean, you treat them like adults still. You you don't baby them, granted. You don't like, oh, they broke the law. They need to understand that. But don't treat them like garbage. I mean, I mean, I don't see prison, but I've seen movies where they treat them like garbage. And they're not garbage. Treat them like humans, not dogs or garbage. I mean, they're still humans. Treat them like a human being, you know? And if you don't do it, if we go to a prison like that, that's actually some PTSD. But if we can move on, we will. And we will serve our time. But if we had to come back, my solution is forget the prison system. Forget prison. Never know it was you. Change you. Become a new person. And put the prison part of you behind your on the back burner and know that the prison you is not going to ever be you. But focus on this new you and this new person who is being created and being established as the real person of your name. And the final thing that can probably lead to some PTSD is abuse rape or sexual assault and i mean like rape or sexual assault mainly but that could because someone just messed with your genitals and your private parts and that's not right and that makes you feel uncomfortable i mean i'm not gonna even grab my private area i mean even though you're an awesome podcaster some things are meant to be private (laughs) and those are one of the these are one of the things so when you touch our private parts i mean that's not right it makes us feel off weird and then you just makes us feel weird and we don't feel good. I mean, we just got assaulted and we just got like our every part of our body just screwed up and we're shaking in fear. I mean, we're shaking so bad that we don't want to tell anyone and because it's embarrassing. So my solution is don't hide it. Tell, tell the cops, tell, 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 tell them and they will handle your case and they will get the right guy. So that way he will never abuse, rape or sexual assault someone again. If they see any of those, it might change them in a way that you do not want to stop. If they see any of those I just listed, it's going to be a bad, 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 bad change because they're going to be traumatized. They're not going to be able to handle themselves. They may take it out on other people. They may harm others, and that's not right. We don't want that, but we can help them, I'm sure, with power, with determination, and with justice, and with your personality and your caring heart that you guys hopefully have. It will change them, and they will become the guy you once knew before this situation, before this new person ever happened, and you will never know it existed. And I bet that 100 bucks if you know him well enough that you can do it. Also, the best way to move on with all these and honestly forget what you saw is try your best and get ready for it. Even though I said it, dun, 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 move on. Because it really is hard. But if you cannot, to think of happy places, when you're going to do those deep and dark places, because everyone has their own happy place. Some may be happier than others. Some may be sadder than others. Some may be darker or lighter than others or happier, but it all depends. I mean, it could be like from ice cream to, to a gravestone. It could be from a sun to, to the dark. I mean, it all depends on that person. I mean, so instead of going to those deep, mental, dark places and before you badly change, go to those happy places of, where, of wherever it is and wherever your interests are and wherever you see fit for yourself. Now, even though I said sight's bad, it's on the flip side what we can see can be good and can make us forget about the stress that is going on in our day. And sometimes what you see can be memorable. I mean, it can. I mean, we see so that are memorable every day from weddings to proposes to births. I mean, to getting your first dog. I mean, whatever you see, it's memorable. I mean, happiness never does last, unfortunately. But what you see in that happiness in that moment, it's happiness. It's good that you see it. It's awesome, awesome, awesome that you see whatever you see that's making you feel in a good mood. And you know that it's making you happy and smile. And we love to see people happy, obviously, in this world or in our culture. And we want to make sure that we are happy. And we want to see you be happy. And that makes me, I mean, it makes my day, honestly, if it makes you guys feel better. It makes my day. It really does. But I only bet it doesn't make my day. It probably makes your day. I mean, whatever you see makes your day and it makes you a little better. You may be having a bad day, but yet you see something cool. You forget about it in that moment. And now you know that. The world's right now peaches and sunshine. So you know that every day comes with something memorable, whether it's small 
too big. Now that we got sight done, let's give ourselves two claps. Now it's time we move on to C or three, which will be sound. Sound is what you retain with your ear because we all, like we said, we have ears to hear and for us to, for our speaking so we're not blot, so we're not deaf and the world is, the world is silent, is a silent movie film. I mean, we feel like that because we need, sometimes we need our moment to be our own silent film, but we don't like to just basically shut down and be the silent film. We want to be the current 2020 movie of the decade. Now, we also like to hear or what I always like to hear, I think, the first thing will be is music. Because I love music. I love the energy of just saying, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. And when you put words together, it can make a beautiful song. And when you make words together, it makes beautiful writing. It makes beautiful everything. I mean, when you put words together, it can make a lot of things. Like music, example. And whether it's hardcore, whether whatever, despite the genre, I mean, it makes good energy. And it makes us happy. Music is awesome. And we need a, we need more music in this world to for, for therapy and for people to hear so they can calm down a little bit. Another one I like to hear is enthusiasm because enthusiasm is like, woo oh yeah, woo I mean, that's big to hear. I mean, that makes us feel good. It makes us happy. It makes us know that we're doing a good job. And they're so proud of us that they're jumping in cartwheels. I mean, we know we're doing our job when someone is enthusiastic for us. And that makes us feel really, 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 really well and really, really joyful. Something else that can make us joyful and what we like to hear is friend voices. And I mean, when I hear a friend's voice for so long, it actually, oddly enough, soothes me because I know, okay, someone is here that truly does like me at least, or at least thinks I'm cool or chill. So at least I've heard their voice for so long that they, I know they care about me. So when I get to know them so well, it soothes me because I know, ah, this it's only this person's voice and it, it's only Bob's voice that I hear right now. Ah, it's only his particular voice. Excuse me. Ah, oh, I feel good. So when we do that, I mean, it may sound odd to you, but to us it's typical because they know we care about them, and I know that they care. So at least they're here to talk to me, at least mention something to me. That makes me feel good. So even though it's odd to you, it's not odd to us because that voice to us is soothing regardless of it being low voice or a childish voice from, from being to a high adult voice. The final thing we like to hear is I love you. I love you is a big phrase. That means a lot. That knows that someone cares and loves us truly and for who we are, for what we are, for what we're going to do. I mean, they love us regardless. Someone in this world will say probably, I love you because they will care. Whether you're in prison, whether you're a bad person, they will still love you. I mean, someone will love you, period. Whether it's a friend, a family member, a sibling, they will care and they will say, I love you. Now, there are things in this world that we do not like to hear. Some things we don't like to hear in this world is yelling like, hey! I mean, we don't like hearing that. I mean, it scares us. We are hiding in fear. We're not going to listen. It just makes us mad. And we're just not even going to care and pay attention to you because it's not right. You want us to listen? We're not going to listen to you when you're acting like an idiot and acting like a fool on the ground. So if you want to yell, fine, but you're acting like a fool with your pants on the ground and we're not going to tolerate it and not listen to you. So yell, fine, but we're not listening. So you're wasting your time, like I said, so... You want to yell, yell, but you're wasting your time. And if you wish to yell at us, we're probably not going to do it at all, actually, and just do our own thing and not even pay attention to whoever's yelling at us. And the next thing, which leads me to the same as yelling in my eyes, sort of, is firmness, but within reason. Okay, people are different. Some people are kind of are stricter than others. Some people believe in discipline more than others. And I don't like firmness because, it, to me, it makes you think I did something wrong. It makes me think that they're being rude, they're just bashful, and they're just being, an, like, excuse my language, but an a-hole, and it just doesn't make me feel good. It really doesn't. But I understand at the same time, because that's how people are, and sometimes you need to be firm with your kid, like, no, this is what we're doing. And I get it, though, with parents, though, because even though it's hard to be firm with them sometimes, you have to. I mean, it's hard to be, maybe when they're younger, but when they're older, there's no firmness necessary, because they know the basic life skills, or at least some do. And it's never a necessity. And with autism, if they're high functioning, they should never be firm with them because they're getting basic life skills or they're trying their best to, man. So, and they can do it. Just don't be firm with them. And I bet a hundred bucks, if you're a lot soft and calmer than so strict and hard on them, they'll do it probably a lot higher chance than you being the firm, crazy person that you are being. And that, and the next thing that could drive me that I don't like to hear is the R word. Now, you probably know what it is, but in case you don't, it's retarded. Okay. And here's the deal. I don't like that word. It's 
debating us. We can't. It's making fun of something monumentally that we can't help being. And here's the deal. I'm. The funny thing is, I don't care what you say around me. Like you could say some f bombs around me, and I don't care. But when you say that R word, we're done. We're not saying that around me. So if you want to say it in the bathroom around your other friends, fine. But you better not say it around me. That's one of my first rules. But that's where I put my foot down. And that's where I tell them. That's why I confront them and say, don't do it again, period. Or we will have to have a talk about this. And believe me, I haven't had to deal with that yet, but I bet one day I will, and I bet the one day I'll handle it. But if you are the, around the R-word and they still won't stop, then either cover your ears or just be away from them and just be and get away from the situation. Never be around them as much as you can. Another thing that I don't like is, I hate hearing is sudden irritating noises. And noise like, or wee 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 twenty four seven. I mean that's annoying as crap. It's more than annoying. It's not that we can't take it. We should like stop and just not get around a man. Just be like stop. Don't do it again, please. I can't take it. It hurts. It hurts. It hurts mentally. Please stop. I mean that's what we want to be like, and we are like that. But sometimes there are a lot of sudden noises that when we get startled or scared that we can't help, and it just happens. But we move on. When you're younger, it's harder. We may have to be muffled for a little bit, but. When you're old, it's not a big deal. So I think with that one, it will just take time and maturity to get over with. The next one that we don't like to hear or the next topic is car horns because the car horns are loud and it goes, Honk! And that is so loud, annoying. We want to punch the person who does it. And my parents still do, and they're annoying for doing it, but not as much as they used to because they know it makes me mad. But anyway, with the car horns, it's annoying, it's loud, and it startles us. I mean, we don't like it because it's so scary. I mean, it's not scary for you, but it's, imagine you being scared times 100. I mean, that's us with it. And it's sudden. We want to throw our stuff in the ground. We want to just hide in the corner. And it's not cool. It's mean. It's rude. And it's annoying. So why do it if it's those three things? That's what I don't get. So don't, unless the, I know the horn's a necessity for driving when you have to wake someone up or something like that. But being, I would say, if you're going to do a car horn, don't use it when you're scaring us because we get as a necessity and time as time goes on. But don't use it to scare us because it's just mean, rude, and annoying. And why would you do it when it's all three of those things? Something else I don't like really is horror crap because I'm the type of guy who'd rather not be scared of the guy who's kidding He's going to go, boo! I mean, that's really me. But why be scared in a movie? You're supposed to enjoy it. I mean, I know I'm insane for buffalo wings. And, you know, and people ask, why would you eat pain food, painful food and enjoy it? But I can handle the pain. I mean... Internal pain's fine, but why enjoy a scary movie when you're going to get scared and just try, and you have to, on top of it, be brave instead of just enjoy and relax a good movie. Now, granted, I get with Buffalo Means, like I said, but I'm but I'm insane, and I enjoy them, and I, they don't bother me as much. But with horror, they bother me because I can't enjoy myself, and why watch a movie when you can't enjoy? That's what I always ask myself, and why would anyone do it? But if you can handle it, hey, good job for you, but... If you don't, don't watch it because it's not worth your time being scared over. It's not worth having nightmares over. And why waste your time and be and possibly pee in your pants? The final thing with hearing is yippee or little dogs barking because I don't like little dogs. I'm a more of a big dog with them. That's like, rawr, rawr. and that's pretty cool in my eyes. But little dogs, like, you sound like a wussy. You think you're big when you're not. And granted, they're fine, but it's annoying. And if you're barking because you want attention, fine, I'll go give you some attention because... That's your way of saying, pet me, please. All right, got it, cool. But you're just doing it to bark and be annoying as as crap, then gosh darn, man, zip it. We get it, I'm here, okay, enough's enough. We get your busted my eardrum, please stop. I'm here, woohoo. What else do you need to bark at, man? Now, an important story for me would be, rock music is what changed me with loud noises because they were so enthusiastic going, yeah, runaway train, thunderstruck, woo, you bitch. And loud noises, and that's when I realized loud noises weren't that bad because the rock made me feel energy. I was focused on the energy instead of the loud noises. So, of course I'm going to feel the energy instead of the loud noises, so that's what made me change. So I now I dig loud because I realize it's because of the energy. And it's not because they're trying to be mean or rude. It's because of the energy, the energy, the energy, the energy that I dig and love so much that I love the energy from the rock, rock and roll musics because it's so cool. The energy's so awesome, and you can feel it through your body vibing. I even have a little more stories. I have some, I have four antidotes I'd like to tell you about. So, antidote one, I got scared of fireworks that went, they would go off at our Colleen house, which got torn down because I69 took our place. But anyway, 
I would go into the basement and cover my ears as deep as I could. And I kept crying because I didn't know what to do. And I didn't know how to handle it until the fires were just over. Because I could not handle it. I really couldn't because it uh, busted my eardrums. And then antidote too. When I was little, my papa used to honk an air horn. And I got scared really bad and used to jump in. It just made me mad so bad. So I, had, I didn't know what to do other than cry. And then papa, or who is Big Joe. And in case you want more information on C-122, meet Big Joe. He tried to calm me down. And we actually both tried to scare my mother, and with it, and we did. And I was instead of focusing on instead of focusing on the noise, I belly laughed so hard on the floor that I think I about laughed up a gut out. But I don't think I literally did. But anyway, that's why. I mean, because I instead of focusing on that loud noise, I focused on the fact that I scared my mom. Haha. So that's what that story. And then the next story, which is antidote three. My mom tried to watch The Conjuring, and I tried too, but I just knew I'd pee myself and not sleep the night of the movie because you never know what might happen. I mean, you may never know for me if a, the boogie hand may come out at you. So I just hid under the blanket until it was over because I cannot do horror stuff. My parents forced me and I couldn't do it. So I was like, all right, I'm just hiding under the blanket because I know it's coming. So, well, I'm not even dealing with this. And the antidote for it, I don't like the sound of my old Xbox 30 controller and I play mute because sometimes it makes like a <laughs> noise. I'm like, ugh. So I just have to play the game mute and... Believe me, it's, I actually, it's quite peaceful playing it mute because you don't have much noise and you can start thinking. But if it has the right noise, I'll play it. But if it doesn't, I just have to play it mute. And I know it sounds odd. And why, like, why would you play it? Okay, I'm appreciative. I'd rather take what I have instead of focusing, throw the whole thing out the door and be like, nope. I'm like, take what I have and enjoy it. And at least it still works instead of, eh, this is noise works. Blah. I don't like it now. Also, we autistic ones may not like hearing some basic noises or the way we pronounce our letters. For example... I think the way people pronounce their S's, it drives me it drives me crazy. I'm not even kidding. Because it's like Sam, Salami, Sandwich, Pose, Switch, Santa. Ugh, it drives me insane. Like it's like that snake. Like I'm a snake here. And I don't think we sound like snakes. I don't think we're meant to sound like a python or a cobra. I think we're meant to sound like a human being. So when you say that, it makes you think of a snake biting me, so and that we're apparently now turned into a crawling creature that's called a snake. All right, woohoo, we are done with now sound. Let's give ourselves three claps now. All right, now that we got those three claps, let's move on to the fourth one, which is D or four, smell. That is the power of sensing with our noses. So basically, all you have to do is, and boom, you, you, you have the sniffling, so, and you're smelling. So that's basically what smelling is. Now, what I like to smell or I do not like to smell is ranch dressing because, honestly, that's a good smell in my eyes because it's it's sweetened vegetable sauce, basically. And I don't like veggies, but somehow they put the right ingredients. And boy, oh boy, it makes it a sweet, darn good vegetable white sauce. And there you go. It just smells awesome. It makes you want to get on a silly straw and just drink the ranch. I mean, to me, the ranch smells awesome. And all you want to do sometimes is just untie Lego. <sighs> it has that just lovely, sweet vegetable cake smell, if that makes any sense. The final thing I also like to smell is baked goods because who doesn't like the smell of cake, ice cream, the sweets that you know you're going to have this awesome dessert, tasty, sweet tooth, sugary dessert in your mouth right now. I mean, it makes you think of, oh, I'm going to have this awesome dessert in my mouth. I mean, it makes you think that and it makes you want to smell all the ice cream, all the pastries, all the apple pies. I mean, who does not want to smell a baked good that you know it's going to even taste better than smell? Now, here's the deal. This is kind of embarrassing, but my nose could take a lot. I could smell the stinkiest stuff in the world, but there's one thing I cannot smell, and it's embarrassing, but get ready for it. Dun, dun, dun. Garbage. I cannot smell that. I mean, that is the worst smell on God's green earth. It smells like, it honestly smells like, like, sewing up above, taking a dump, and honestly, it really doesn't smell good. It smells like, it smells like Satan's gar, Satan's dump. I mean, it smells like Satan's poop. I mean, I'm going to be honest with you, because it really does. I mean, it smells awful. It smells, that's the worst. Like, I gag, honestly. I really do, because it smells like an unknown element of a chemistry set combined with, with argon or gold. It's like the golden, gold, it's like the, it smells like Davy Jones' locker, honestly, and that's saying something. Now, even though, personally, I can take some smells, some autistic children or adults have very sensitive noses and gag, like I said, or hate certain smells. Others just really do not care about it. It just depends on the person and what their nose thinks, literally, because I'm the type of guy who can smell like, oh god, P.U. Get out of here. But some are like, I mean, they're, it's really bad. I mean, some are, 
I mean, I think sometimes our the nose has its own mind than our brain. And each person's nose is a little different. Maybe someone likes a certain smell than someone else. I mean, maybe someone likes the smell of gasoline. You don't. Or maybe someone likes the smell of poop even. And I mean, granted, I don't know if that's socially right. But anyway, if you do, you do. I mean, I mean, we all have different noses and different joys in this world and different smells that we all dig and want to smell and just dream of smelling in our sleep probably sometimes. All right, we are done now with smell. Let's give ourselves four rousy round of applause. I think I lost count there, but anyway, now we need to move on to the final one, which is taste. That is how we show the flavors with our mouths. We put stuff in our mouths, whether it's disgusting or not, and that's human nature. That's probably digest stuff that's how we survive that's how we live our life and we have a mouth and we taste stuff and we have to eat and that's what how we show the flavors now we all like to taste or what we all like is i think most people love 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 and i mean love food and how it tastes i mean it may be different for you. you may be more of a sweet person or a savory person but i think most people love 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 food I mean, we got to eat eventually, so people love to taste stuff, and the shape of the food, the size of the food, the way it looks, I mean, there's all different interpretations of food, that food will bring us together and make us stand united, because one, all will stand, the food will fall. Something else, now, the one thing we don't like, and it's a, I think it's every little kid's kryptonite, it is, dun, 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 toothpaste, because honestly, it does taste a little bad, it tastes too sweet, it's like, whoa. I mean, it's pretty bad. I mean, when you're young, it's pretty bad, but especially with autism, because they have sensory problems, they don't want toothpaste in their mouth, unless it's flavorful and bubblegum flavor, because that's, I think, everyone's kryptonite weakness. At least every kid's little kryptonite weakness with toothpaste. But anyway, we better have our, we, the way to get this is to have our own specific toothpaste, or our enjoyable toothpaste, that way we know, and that way we'll enjoy it somewhat, even though we may moan and groan a little bit, but at least we won't be, like, flying and flopping all over the floor. I think we all like to taste different foods. Because we all do not like eat the same food, if you all don't notice that. There are different cultures, and each culture consists of different foods because it really does. I mean, some can have, like, dog, jellyfish. Heck, someone may even eat possum, I bet, in a culture. I mean, I bet it's nasty, but I bet some people do it. I mean, here's an example. In sociology, a while back ago, I learned that people in Brazil eat guinea pig, and they call it koi. And I never tasted it, but in America, like we said, we think of guinea pig as pets. But in Brazil, they think of it as yummy food and go in your stomach and they eat pig. I mean, guinea pig called koi. And that was really interesting. But that just shows how if you go in the world, there's going to be a cultural change and cultural economics that are a little different. So you got to be careful with that and know what they eat. And at least, you know, you have your own solid American food and you can at least probably somewhat eat that. But it's also good to try some new foods and explore your horizons. In conclusion, when you all think that these are weird issues that we proceed... We just cannot help it. They are ridiculous to you, but not to us. Take what you guys sense and take that times a thousand and welcome to an autistic person's world having sensory issues. Put yourself in my shoes for a minute. What if we could flip brains for a minute? It would be unique and odd, but you would get to know the sensory issues I have to deal with every single day. Well, that'll be all for us today. Hope you learned some about sensory issues and I want you right now to go help an autistic child with some sensory issues. Thanks for joining me for this episode. Please tune in for another episode coming in very soon. I hope you enjoyed listening to me ramble. Thank you very much.